and welcome to another episode of All That Film. What is up, everyone? Little flip in the script on what we're doing. Uh, instead of talking about the history of LGBT films, uh, something that uh, we will probably do eventually, um, we just wanted to talk about some of our favorites uh, of the LGBT films that exist. Uh, I'm your host, Hey. I'm joined with three lovely guests, um, Lindsay, Margo, and Theo. That's, that's where you say hello. Oh, hey. <laughs> no, you're good. I, I, I made it weird. Um, but um, so we're going to be cool. talking about five films that we would all heartily recommend. Um, there's some that we sort of agreed are just like, oh, this is this is top tier uh, gay film. So we're not even going to necessarily talk about it too much. Uh, if you want to hear like a bunch of thoughts on Portrait of Lady on Fire, for instance, Lindsay and Margot talk about that in length. Uh, I finally watched it. Muy, muy, muy bueno, muy bueno film. Very good. Um, but yeah, there's there's a couple of other films like But I'm a Cheerleader. Um, we all we all like a lot. Uh, it has Zuko in it. So if if you're a fan of Avatar and, Wait, and wanting to see, yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh, he's like know. the jock. He's the jock guy. Oh my he god, that's amazing! So cool. <laughs> <laughs> and he sounds the same. He like, does. It's like just his voice. Like I'd love someone to to animate it with. Uh, I've Zuko. thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, a couple of others that are like very mainstream, popular, uh, and that's not to uh, like lower them by means, but like Carol. Brokeback Mountain, Moonlight, um, Moonlight specifically. If you want to hear Lindsay, Margot, and Theo love on Moonlight, just listen to any of the tourney uh, because it did win <laughs> the best film of the decade. Uh, so, so good on Moonlight. Uh, another one that, uh, or a couple of other ones that I had written, uh, Tangerine from Sean Baker. Uh, we all pretty much agree, very good movie. Um, I want to talk about Sean Baker more in the future. Uh, which I'll have to see all of his films to do so. Um, but Dog Day Afternoon as well. Uh, Al Pacino's great. The film's really interesting. Uh, definitely, especially for its time, that's one of those, I know someone has mentioned to me, and maybe y'all have thoughts on this, uh, that is a film that definitely could age very poorly. Uh, and I I would say it hasn't really. Um, but I would, I would be interested to give it a rewatch to make sure, because someone brought up, I think it was Turtle, um, Turtle was a little bit worried to go back to Dog Day Afternoon, um, but as well, Booksmart. Um, we all love Booksmart. Olivia Wilde, uh, very good movie. And then the last one I had, well, actually, sorry, uh, Rope, which is like subtext, but very much subtext. Uh, <laughs> and Paris is Burning, which I recently watched. Uh, it's probably one of the best documentaries there is out there. Uh, it's really fun, really informative, um, and it just. I don't know. Paris is Burning just has like an interesting way it presents everything um, in a very like celebratory way um, for a subject material that I think often some people can be like, oh, look at negative stuff, too. Um, and yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed Paris is Burning. Um, but with those out of the way, uh, we can start with our five. So each of us is going to have uh, five films that we bring up. I'll let Theo go first. What's going to be the first LGBT uh, LGBT film that you bring up? Oh, man. Okay, so this is kind of tricky 
because I have quite a few that I want to highlight. I'm really glad that you brought up uh, Tangerine and Paris is Burning, because those are amongst the ones I've seen that I'm really... And of course, Moonlight, great movie. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, I knew it was going to get mentioned in Brokeback. Um, but yeah, Paris and Burning and Tangerine, not quite as well known. I'm really, really big fan of. Uh, five other ones that I really like, and I'm gonna pick five that I think are also quite not as seen, is uh, I really enjoy Tomboy from Celine Sciamma. Yes. I know we're gonna talk about Portrait for sure, uh, so I did put that on here, but Tomboy, really, really great movie. I think, and not to make this like a competition at all, um, you know, not my intention at all, but um, I think that it, there tends to be like less films about like uh, gender identity specifically. And, you know, uh, I really like that Tomboy, I think is, in my opinion, a really nuanced and empathetic look at those issues, especially in terms of like a young child who is like struggling with their gender and i just it just really surprised me how much i liked it actually recommended by margo so thank you so much for recommending that one to me you're welcome um, nice i love yeah, celine siama so, no her film honestly i actually uh her films honestly have been really really great to me um but so tomboy great um I think I think Lindsay's gonna mention a certain Hong Kong film, so <laughs> I may not take that. I won't take that from her. I just I, if you're not gonna mention, I want to want mention it here. Um, uh, gotcha. uh, yes. Okay. Cool. Okay. Then we can, um, Margo, do you want to bring up your fifth pick then? Yeah, they're not. Oh, really shit, in can I say they're not, I'm not ranking these? Oh, yeah, mine aren't, oh yeah, yeah. Mine aren't ranked either. Yeah, yeah this is it. It's more like, hey, here's 20 movies that you can check out for the rest of Pride Month. Have fun. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Uh, so a whole week left. Yes. <laughs> right. Never can we want the sloth one. Oh wait, that's just the new quarantine for the last three months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my five aren't ranked, but this is, was like one of my favorite gay movies for a while before I saw Portrait. Uh, the Miseducation of Cameron Post is just so good. It, like, it's like really, like usually when you see like movies about conversion therapy, it's like those gay movies that are just made for straight parents to watch and be like, oh my God, the struggles of gay people. Now I can better understand my gay child. But Cameron Post is like, it like feels like it was more made for gay people probably because the director is like a bisexual woman and you can just like tell like through everything like it's just ugh, it's so good i love it so much nice awesome pick yeah no camera post is really fun uh and i is that one still on hulu um, um i don't know yeah i'll i'll try to look that up before the end of this but yeah no i i really enjoy camera post uh it's one of my favorite movies ever yeah same it's so good um, um it's on canopy oh interesting um i hope it's i i have some problem i got a little bit of beef with canopy because I, I always look up movies that they say are on canopy then it's like oh well this isn't at your library yet and i'm like what 
<laughs> but it, that one might be for for all libraries. Um, I'll move on to my uh, first pick, uh, which is going to be Weekend uh, by Andrew Haig. And yes. this is basically uh, the Before Trilogy, uh, but two gay men. Um, and it just takes place. It's just a bunch of conversations. Uh, but all the conversations are really, really well written. Uh, it's paced perfectly. There's a dreamlike sort of wonder to it. Um, yeah, no, re- really, really good film. I th- want to say it's Canadian, but uh, let me check before just talking out my butt. Uh, no, sorry. It is it is from the UK. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, it's a really good film. A ton of people have, have mentioned it. Uh, I think Jude talks about it. I think Jude actually mentioned this as one of his recommends for the week, uh, one of these weeks. So yeah, definitely, definitely check that out. He also has another film, uh, Lean on Pete, that that some people really enjoy. So yes, mm, great yeah. film, and by some people, oh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, no, uh, Lindsay, what's gonna be your first one? Um, okay, it's um, it's called Thelma. Have you any of these? Yes. I love that one. So that was gonna be fun. one of mine. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, because it's a it's like a genre film which we don't normally get with gay films, but it's like a horror kind of fantasy, and it's Norwegian and it's amazing and I love it so much. So I highly recommend checking that one out. Um, it came out in twenty seventeen. Um, awesome. Yeah. No, that was that was on my list from from your recommend. So I'm still wanting to check that out i think that one watch it hey i think that one is on hulu um it is yep yeah it's wild i love it a lot the ending is i don't want to yeah no the ending is insane and i love this movie so much so yeah i highly recommend thelma nice and you also get your fourth because we're going snake oh we're going to snake okay i'm a hufflepuff thank you (laughs) <laughs> I'm also a Hufflepuff, thank you. I, I guess uh, I'm Hufflepuff too, then. No, you are a Slytherin to your I'm, I'm House Poseidon, thank you very much. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> anyway, oh, sorry, Lindsay. Sorry. How dare we bring up J.K. Rowling's books on, oh, on the God. LGBT? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cut this part <laughs> out. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Um, Trans rights. Well, <laughs> what's, what's, oh, oh, for yeah. sure. Um, what's your fourth, Lindsay? My fourth one is Happy Together by Wong Kar Wai, and nice. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, it's my favorite of his films, and I just think it's like a really beautiful film about just a couple who are kind of drifting apart, and yeah, I don't know what else to say. I highly recommend it. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Yeah, Wong Kar Wai's dope even though i've only seen one of his movies i really want to check out the rest uh and i feel bad because Lindsay has recommended to me uh happy together for probably months now (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) no 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 i i'm sorry i should have seen it by now um but i'll go to my fourth uh i don't know is it okay if i do like a like a double because i think these fit in a similar camp um if that makes sense uh these are two films, one of which is way more, uh, again, like Theo mentioned, it's, it's not a competition, but one of which is probably way more gay than the other. Uh, I just wanted to quickly like throw out Blockers. Uh, oh, uh, yes! Um, yeah, just because I, I don't know, that was so interesting to me because A, it had a female director, it addressed uh, 
I don't know. It, just, it addressed organically in this stupid John Cena comedy movie um, <laughs> where like in the trailers, it was like, John Cena, do the butt chug. And like, it wasn't, um, I, I was just surprised that like it had um, a bit of like patience to it. And, and that made me like the movie a whole lot more. And I don't know, it, it didn't make it. I don't, I feel like a lot of mainstream movies that would try to do that. It would be like, what you're gay. Ew. Um, and that that definitely isn't what this film is going for. Ooh, I've actually um, never heard of Blockers. Could you, is could it like a brief synopsis? I'm just curious now. Yeah. Uh, so basically, three kids uh, want to. Three girls are trying to lose their virginity at prom, um, and three parents hear about the project because I think John Cena finds their phone, and he's one of the dads, uh, and they try to stop them from doing that. Yeah, um, like okay. Blockers. Um, so. Yeah, in premise, you would be like, oh, well, this is probably a bad movie. It's really yeah. fun. It's actually really, I, I really like that one for like how it like just talks about female sexuality just like in general. Um, and then one of them yeah. being gay was also just like a really nice thing. Um, but yeah, it actually did handle those themes really maturely. And it wasn't just like a silly, like, girls can't have sex movie, which I was kind of. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I like that one quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but the two that I was sort of grouping them together, and maybe I'm cheating a little bit. Uh, Lindsay mentioned not a lot of LGBT films are genre films. Uh, Ideal Home isn't like the most uh, well-known film. I I like it quite a bit. I know Jude and Turtle love it a lot more than me. Um, it is uh, a gay couple sort of going through marital, marital troubles. Uh, and basically like their random grandson shows up. Uh, in the movie and they sort of take care of them and yeah it's with Paul Rudd and Steve Coogan um, and they're amazing uh, it's really funny and I I don't know I, I feel like I haven't seen and maybe this is just because as I mentioned I haven't seen that many LGBT films as I should but um, I feel like this is this is like one of the like straightforward comedies about like a, a male uh, gay couple uh, so I thought it was worthy to bring up here I don't know if have you guys seen it? I actually have not. No. Yeah, oh, interesting. Cool. Yeah, I only, I literally only watched this because uh because Turtle loves it. Uh, and that's why Jude watched it. So, we all got exposed. Because Yo, I got to see that influence. Yeah, no, it's it's fun. It's similar to Blockers. You'd sort of expect it to play things a little bit silly. Um but it it definitely doesn't. Paul Red's great, by the way. Uh I we we did like a dumb thing in our in our casuals group uh the cassies where we basically picked our own oscars i think we we may have nominated coogan or rudd one of the two um but yeah no they're they're really terrific but margo what's what's going to be your fourth pick uh my fourth pick is disobedience with the rachels it's just i it means so much to me like as a jewish lesbian to see like jewish lesbians on like screen and it's uh, like every, like I, the first time I watched it and they were like singing prayers in Hebrew, I was like legit crying. So I was like, oh my God, I never hear people like sing in Hebrew in movies. Uh, and also it's just like a really interesting like way to like see religion and LGBT themes together. Cause usually when you think of religion and gay stuff, it's always Christianity, but it was interesting to see it with something that isn't Christianity. So I really like it. Definitely. Great pick. Yeah. Great movie. We love the Rachels. Oh. We love the <laughs> Rachels. 
Um, then Theo, you have your fourth and third uh, back oh, to back. Oh shucks. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I guess as a fourth one, um, one that I really liked, and I'm I'm gonna put out a recent one from 2017, I believe, is Knife Plus Heart, and nice. that one is I don't think it's it's it, it's pretty under the radar, and I only heard of it because it was suggested. Um, by other people, and it's essentially a modern giallo, um, which is like an old, like 60s, 70s Italian genre style that it's essentially like a very, very stylistic murder thriller noir type film. Very popular um, then because they were cheap to produce and they came from like cheap <laughs> paperbacks. But I really like that Knifeless Heart is like a modern reinvigoration of that genre. And as a result, I think it has a lot of very interesting experimental styles. But I also really like that it's very, like, it's it's extremely gay. <laughs> it's hard to emphasize. It's very gay. It's so gay. gay. <laughs> um, very minor spoilers, but it happens in the first five minutes. But oh, just definitely. Know yep. what you're dealing with, uh, the killer, because, you know, it's always about, like, who's the killer in these films. Um, uh, a guy meets the killer in, like, a club, and they go to a room, and the killer stabs him with <laughs> a dildo knife. <laughs> and that is kind of the mood of the movie. <laughs> it is actually really great. Highly recommend. Um, yeah, maybe I, don't watch with your parents. But <laughs> oh, definitely don't. This is <laughs> I, I, Theo. I'm curious if if you would think this is an apt comparison. The whole time I was watching this, uh, I felt like because I, I recently watched this because I was like, oh, Theo really likes this movie. I, I want to check it out before um, doing this list. Um, but I kept thinking it's it's an amalgamation, like a combination of both the best parts of Inherent Vice and Climax, if that makes sense. Um, oh, I can I can see what you're saying. Um, that's a really interesting comparison. I definitely agree with you with Climax. I feel like um, there's really overt similarities. With Inherent Vice, I can kind of see what you're going for, actually. And that's that's a cool. But Inherent Vice might just be like in, inspired from that genre, if that makes sense. I think so. Yeah. Inherent Vice is adapted from a novel, so okay, I don't gotcha. um, uh, th have to do Thomas research on that. No, no, you're good. And it's just, it's just, yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, I can see why you would compare them, though. I think they have similar feels. So that's a cool analogy, and I like that a lot. Nice. Um, uh, but what's your third yes so my third is gonna be um i uh i actually i recently rewatched this one just to see how much i still liked it and i still really love it and it's beau travaux by claire denis um and this one she she recently released a film called high life so that's probably her most well-known one um but other films that are popular are 35 shots of rum which i think like uh, a lot of the crowd may also know. But anyways, Beau Travel, I think, is a really, really great work. It, it, it is about as subtextual as you can get without being text, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, and it's essentially just about, like, I think it really kind of breaks down masculinity within, like, 
male male isolated military confines and how that strong masculine bonding through a lot of regimental training can like lead to feelings that are like very conflicting and can lead to like repression through aggression um and i really really enjoy that claire denis great filmmaker um she films it in a way that feels like it feel like i say it's a military movie but it feels so intimate and tender in a weird way and i think that yeah that's what i would highly recommend um it's basically the strongest subtextual game movie you can get and yeah really really enjoy that one awesome I'll, I'll add it to my watch list. Margo, what's great. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was just agreeing. Great movie. Uh, I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Margo, what's going to be your third? Uh, I think my third's going to be Saving Face by Alice Wu, who just made Ooh. the half of it. But uh, Saving Face was, like, her first movie, like, from a while ago. And it's, like, legitimately one of the best, like, gay movies I've ever seen like just really well made and like really meaningful like it's so good yeah it's a great rom-com it's very good yeah I had that one on my list I forget if I couldn't find it or if I just didn't have time I am so interested to see that because people have brought up that it's even better than the half of it um and I love it's definitely better than the half of it Oh, then I cannot wait. I love the half of it. <laughs> it was so good. Um, They're quite different, but I really like yeah. them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll move to my third. Um, this isn't me being like, look, I, I know indie films. I actually only watched this because I was like, oh, this looks weird on Mubi. Um, and guess what? It definitely was. Uh, it is called Score. Uh, it's from 1974. Uh-huh. Um, of course, you mentioned this. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, okay. Part of the reason is because I feel like there's a lot of uh, gay films. There's a lot of, well, a smaller amount of lesbian films comparatively to gay films. Uh, but there's not like too many like bisexual films or films about bisexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, I see. This is definitely in like a weird way, in in a way I would consider intentional. Um, this is like. When people think of bisexuality, they think of the idea that, oh, yeah, they just, like, love three ways or whatever. Like, there's this weird uh, negative connotation, like, associated with that. And I feel like this film tackles that in, in like, a mocking of that pornographic idea. So I sort of also bring this one up because, as well, this this is for sure, like, an NC-17 film. Um, I bring this one up a little bit as well because... Uh, I think it might come off to like two people. So maybe it shouldn't matter, but it might come off to some people that because I'm like, Hey, blue is the warmest color. That's kind of weird. Right. Um, I think nudity can be used in a film to elevate a film immensely. Uh, I think knife plus heart actually does that really well. Uh, the, the one Theo just mentioned. Um, but yeah, no, this is, this is a really good movie. It came out in 74. Doesn't feel like a seventies film. It honestly feels like a, um, Black Dynamite-esque parody of a pornography film. Um, so yeah, definitely definitely check it out. I have no clue where you can get your hands on it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, but Lindsay, what's going to be your third and second? 
Okay. Oh, my third answer. Okay. Um, my third is kind of a weird choice. Um, because it's one that my grandpa kept recommending to me like over and over again, and I didn't know why. Um, because he recommended this to me like a few months after I came out to him initially, and he was like, "Hey, I think you would really like this movie called Best in Show." And I was like, "Okay." And then I looked it up, and it's like about a dog show, like. And I was like, okay, why, <laughs> why do you like, why are you pushing this movie so hard on me? And then I watched it, and it's because Jennifer Coolidge is in a relationship with Jane Lynch, and it's the funniest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, it's got Eugene Levy and Parker Posey. It's a really good cast of people, and it's just a hilarious movie overall. And just like the gay characters, just kind of exist in it, which I wasn't. Like, I, I just didn't know that it was going to be when I started watching it. And it's cool. It's really funny. I like it. Nice. Awesome. Um, and then... Oh, second one. My yes. second one, yes. Um, my second one is a movie called The Watermelon Woman. I think it just got added to the Criterion. Um, I watched it. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I watched it randomly just because I heard that it's... Um, like the first movie that a black lesbian ever directed and I really liked it a lot it's so weird um, it's it's like a fake documentary kind of about a, a woman trying to find this actress from the 30s I don't know it's a, it's a really interesting movie and I really liked the humor in it but it, it just had a lot of heart that I liked a lot and I think it's really worth checking out because I think it's a really different kind of movie where even if you don't like fully click with the way that it's styled, I think it's really just interesting to watch. Um, yeah, I like that one quite a bit. Awesome. Great, great pick. Um, I I could be completely wrong. I thought it was on like Netflix or something uh, besides the Criterion channel. Oh, no, sorry. It's on Amazon I, Prime as well. Um, I believe right now, if, if this podcast gets released soon, it's along with some other uh films it is free on criterion um, oh cool. for anyone you don't need a criterion subscription yeah. it's just free for now nice. to watch yeah i i've been seeing a couple of those for this month that's it's pretty cool um just i like just mercy is free to check out um for anyone um good to know i don't know that's pretty neat uh but i'll i'll move to my second um this one is also on the Criterion channel. Um, I don't know if they'll ever release this on Blu-ray. I hope they do, because uh, I love this movie. I think it's uh, fantastic. Uh, it's Mysterious Skin, uh, 2004. Um, mm. It's it's a lot to sort of take in. Uh, I, I recommended it to Eve, um, and the first thing I got back is, like, yes, this movie's great, but why on earth did you make me watch this? Because... Uh, again, like just it's a it's a heavy movie, um, and yeah, it's got Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it. Um, what's interesting is I used to group Mysterious Skin, and I'm trying to think of the Ryan Johnson movie. Um, can't Blue think brick. of it at the moment. Oh, uh, brick, brick, brick. Yes, I used to group these two together because I thought I was like, oh, I don't really know um, which one's which. Uh, these are they're very different movies um, because Brick is like a, a Sherlock esque modern take on it. Um, but yeah, I don't really know what to bring up with this film. Um, it does heavily feature a gay character, um, and there's also like a kind of weird subplot as well. But again, very weird movie. 
Um, very heavy in its subject material. That's all I need to say. If you're interested, go for it. Uh, just be warned a little bit. Uh, but yeah. Margo, I guess you are back up with your second. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, we've been talking about very good game movies. I want to talk oh. about one. <laughs> I want to talk about one that's really bad and I think it's important that it's bad because sometimes you just want to watch something that is like so bad it's good and that is Debs. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were going girl trash, but Debs is Girl great. Trash is also really bad and they're both like written by the same person, so like, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Queen yeah. of writing yeah. bad game movies. Vulgar. We stand Angela Vulgar. Robinson. <laughs> yes. But Debs is just is like a really dumb like spy rom com, and it's just so bad. Also, watch Girl Trash because it's also really bad, and it's like the worst musical I've ever seen in my life. But it's incredible. Oh, I've seen it like, it's just I think I've seen, yeah, I think I've seen Girl Trash like five times. It's, <laughs> it's so <laughs> bad. It's awful. And Debs is like a little better. But they're both really yeah. bad, and I think it's nice to just watch like something like that's not like a masterpiece all the time. So I would recommend Devs and Girl Trash. I completely agree. It's, it's definitely Devs good to have so like on this movie. Yeah, um, it's definitely good to have some of these when we're mentioning like uh, artsy artsy movies, and, and you get something like Devs. Um, awesome. Uh, all right, Theo. We're going to you with two and one. Is this is this where we see uh, Ooh. Lawrence anyways and Blue Swords? <laughs> yes, yes. Actually, <laughs> oh God, what's the third one? Um, oh, um, <laughs> anyway, I, I forget. <laughs> um, I'm I'm gonna mention. So my second one I'm gonna mention is Tropical Malady, um, and that one is that one is a film that I think. Uh, is known first, like, I think it has a reputation that developed uh, before it's known quite as a queer movie. Um, but I really liked it because it's essentially, um, it's in a lot of ways similar to Chungkang Express, sort of, in that it's a two, it's kind of two stories in one. Um, but the second story is a much, much different type of story than the first but it carries over the same actors in the first and i just i really like it because i think that it's kind of a movie that centers on a very overt uh gay romance but done in a way that is emblematic of a lot of like quote-unquote art films and um and of course you know there is a fair amount of like queer art films but i think that that's an area that I always think is really interesting to explore. Um, and it's like a very meditative kind of slow cinema type of film. And generally queer issues aren't as explored in that specific subgenre. And so I think it's really, really cool that Tropical Malady does explore that with its like very formalist techniques. Um, and the director of Pichapong Wirasitako I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Um, he's made a lot of... He's, his most well-known one, I believe, is Uncle Boonmi, who can recall his past lives. Um, oh, interesting. But, so just, yeah, if that... If you've like, never heard of Tropical Valley, you may have heard of his other films, but 
um, yeah, I highly recommend that one. That one I really loved a lot. And I just kind of find it to be like very spiritual and transcendent, which is rare, I think, to find in juxtaposition with queerness. So I really value that one a lot. And that was recommended by Lindsay. So I have to thank her for introducing that to me. Great, I'm so glad you liked it. Yes, uh, amazing. <laughs> and if we're, if we're gonna move on to my first, then I gotta, I gotta mention Funeral Parade of Roses. Um, which I've never heard of, like, oh, um, yeah, I've, I've never heard of until I joined Letterboxd, where I think it has a bit of a following, um, and then, you know, of course, a feedback loop, because it's in the top, it's in a lot of top lists, so then more and more people see it because of that, but regardless, it's a film that I, like, if you look up its Wikipedia page, it has, like, ten words, like, there's just, like, nothing on it. Um, and I think it's really fascinating because it's it's clearly an example of a movie that, at the time, like, probably had some traction, but not much. And over time, the mainstream critics, like, you know, they may mention it or whatever, but it's not, like, it's, it's not, like, put into the forefront. Um, for example, Edward Young's films, Yee Yee and A Brighter Summer Day, like they were not really well known and then suddenly critics just started talking about them and then they became like one of the most critically acclaimed films whereas something like Funeral Parade of Roses and a lot of other films I think they just never gained that momentum. I think it's really cool because it, it came out in the 60s and I think it deals with like transgender or I think they self-identify as transsexual uh, scene in Japan and it's also a very experimental um, film and again, I just think it's really cool when they're combined. But at the same time, I think it's very transgressive because it's so, it's just so extremely blatant about its messages that it's just like a very strong voice, um, especially coming from like trans people at the time in Japan, which traditionally is not a very queer friendly, you know, nation. Yeah. Um, I, I just think that's like really impressive and the fact that the film like was made is really really impressive and mo much of the film is done in interview style where it like talks to these actors and kind of like has them explain their perspective on like what they feel it is to be trans and so in a lot of ways it's kind of like an experimental docu-fiction film and it's just it's just transgressive in so many ways that I just yeah, I can't. I can't help but love it. Anyway, sorry, I'm done talking about this. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> that, that was great. Awesome. Um, Margo, you get your your number one now. My number one. All right. Um, is this where GBF uh, is going to be listed? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, GBF anti watch list. Put it on your anti watch list, everyone. <laughs> this is so bad. Put GBF and First Girl I Loved on there. Despise yep. those two movies. Yeah. Um. My number one, I, I like. I have a few on my list, but I'm not really sure which one to choose. I think I'm gonna go with the way he looks because it was one of the first like gay movies that I watched when I came out, and it's just like a really cute like romantic story between these two boys, and one of them's blind. I think I haven't seen it in a while. I think he's yeah. blind. He's yes, blind. he's blind. And it's just really cute and I like it a lot. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. I like that one too. It was it was a short film first too. Um I really liked both the short and the full length feature. 
Yeah. So I, I have one that's similar. Wait, um, I'm gonna predict your number one. Hey. Oh well. Wait, 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 wait. I'm gonna predict it. Is it? I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Honestly, I I watched that movie. I shouldn't say before this. I watched that movie when I was like 13. Uh, but I really dug Chuck and Larry. No, I gotta watch it actually. Yeah, I just, it's, it's probably anyway. not great. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I'm actually going to go, um, is it okay if I sort of cheat and do like a, a, a another double pick? Go for it. It's your podcast. Yeah. So I, I think, I, you know, I, I sort of, I went back and forth and I, I just really wanted to get something that was representative of a whole lot of things. Uh, so I actually have a trio that I'm going with uh, and Finding Dory, uh, The Rise of Skywalker and Onward. I just feel like... <laughs> They do oh such a service God. to I mean, the LGBT community. No, that, um, that orc cop really saved LGBT <laughs> representation as we know yeah. it. I can't yep. believe you when forgot. When she said, those. "I have a girlfriend," <laughs> uh, when those, when those, when that couple in Finding Dory just held their hands, uh, representation. Oh God. <laughs> um. No, but. I, I'm going to go with one that's um, a little bit different, I guess. Uh, I kind of wanted to throw out Pride just because I didn't mention it in the... Yes, I love Pride. Like, yeah, yeah. I watched that one for for the purposes of this. Um, I feel like there's milk in this. And other than that, there's not too many gay biopics. And if they are, like Bohemian Rhapsody, um, they don't really address, they don't really promote that idea. They're just like, well... He got AIDS somehow. Who knows? Um, boating accident, probably. Um, <laughs> and I, I feel like films like Pride are really important because, I don't know, it's, it's just really, um, really, like, has a sense of pride um, haha, um, in what it's <laughs> trying to show. And it doesn't ever take, like, any steps back to shy away from the story. Um, but the other one, th th these are two that I sort of grouped together. Um, I don't know why. Uh, but the other one I wanted to bring up, and this is part of because Theo stole Knife Plus Heart from me. No, but um, <laughs> Beginners 2010 um, is a very interesting film uh, with Ewan McGregor and Christopher Plummer. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think I need to. I don't think I need to talk too much on it. Uh, Christopher Plummer is a terrific actor. Mm -hmm. um, I have listened to Lindsay talk about 20th Century Woman a little bit more. And I feel like this is a better represent, or this is better representation than what happens in 20th Century Woman. Uh, and I do sort of, I definitely um, understand some of the criticisms with 20th Century Woman, uh, but same director for those two. Um, so yeah. Beginners so is so good. <laughs> oh yeah, no, Beginners is is incredible. Um, yeah, but Lindsay, yes. now you get your number one. My number one. Okay, I mean, it's not, I mean, again, these aren't ranked. It's not actually my number one yeah. favorite game ever. But this is the best game movie that has ever existed. Lindsay, you have the floor. Um, yeah, so I picked and then we danced. Um, I know it's a really recent movie, yes. but it just it meant so it just was so sweet to watch it because I don't know, it was just such a genuine, heartfelt movie and it was just so warm and it wasn't really focused on a relationship at all. It was just this kid who wants to dance and he was gay. And it was just 
it's heartbreaking and beautiful and i just i really love it a lot and it's just the way it's filmed is beautiful like there's this scene where they're on a porch singing dancing to um honey by robin and it's like one of the best scenes i've ever oh i just love it um so yeah i really recommend when we danced um it's one of the yeah it's sorry it's really good <laughs> i don't know what else to say it's so good uh, I was, I'm not going to lie. I was a little shocked because one of the ones I didn't pick um, for my number one, because I thought you were taking it. Um, just a quick mention, Rocketman. Uh, oh, I thought we threw that out at the beginning. Um, so I didn't, did. I, I didn't, I now. didn't include Rocketman or Moonlight in mine just because I thought. The, yeah. yeah. I, I've, already, I've already yeah. talked about those two a lot, but Rocketman is the best movie ever made. Just throwing that out there again. <laughs> no no movie's um, ever been made that's better than Rocketman. Yeah, uh, and just a couple of others that we had on the list. Um, Water Lilies, Beats Per Minute, uh, God's Own Country, uh, Milk, I, I guess I talked about for a little bit. Um, yeah, no, really, really great list that we've come up with here. Also, um, our very own filmmaker recording with us, uh, Margot's Wanted Short. Definitely check that out. Uh, it is linked below. Um it puts Brokeback Mountain to shame. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Agreed. They're they're cowboys <laughs> and they're gay. It's crazy. No one's ever done it before. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's going to do it uh, for this. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you, Theo. Uh, thank you, Margo. Thank you, hey. Thank you, oh, hey. Um, but yeah, if you guys listening have any uh, recommendations, uh, feel free to throw them out in the comments. Uh, there's an interesting list. I might link that too. Um, that's on Letterboxd. That's like the entire history. I put in air quotes because stuff like Pulp Fiction and Depotted are on there. Uh, <laughs> so we're always looking to expand that list uh, that, that we have for ourselves because uh, let's be real. Space Jam is not an LGBT film. No. Uh, <laughs> it is not. What is that uh, list? But the tension between Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. Oh my God. <laughs> with the tension between between male audiences and Lola Bunny. Uh, <laughs> but that's going to do it uh, for this episode. Uh, thank you guys for checking this out. Uh, and yeah, just uh, feel free to leave any comments down below. See ya. Bye. Bye.